0: oh wait there's that that's a big one I think that's a huge one is is recognizing that projects turn out how they turn out and Mm. they go where they go and that's right and that's where they're meant to go and Mm. you don't have to be tied to your ideas or your expectations or what you thought was going to happen Mm. or anything
1: like that Welcome to Songwriter Trysts, an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. To support the podcast and follow our journey, you can find us on SongwriterTrists.com. Lisa DeAngelis. Thank you Hello. so much for having me. Hello. Thanks for coming into my home studio and you've just performed for me, which is going to be on the YouTube channel, which I'm so excited about.
0: Thank you. Um,
1: and I want to hear more about that song, Your Sister's Blue Suitcase. Yeah. Because I have a song called Blue Shoes and it is also about female generational stuff so I'm like and we're both kind of Pisces Pisces, so I'm like wow we must be on a really similar wavelength um I know that's wild tell me about yourself introduce yourself and I also want to know about your last name
0: yes okay um so my name's Lisa DeAngelis my last name is Italian Mm -hmm. uh it means of angels
1: which okay. Cute. Yeah. Of angels. Of angels. Because like, Los Angeles is a lost angel?
0: No, it? it's also of angels, like city oh, of angels. City of angels, okay. Yeah, and so I'm like, Lisa of angels. I, okay. guess, I guess the translation is angelic, I don't know. What does Lisa mean? Do you know? Have you looked it up? Uh, yeah, but it's something weird, like bumblebee, I
1: think. Oh, okay. bumblebee, of bumblebee of angels.
0: Is angelic bumblebee, <laughs> as my friends
1: call me. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, no, okay. I am... Um, I think that's what it means, but also over the years, you know, when you're a like when you're a kid, mm-hmm. did you? I don't know if this is very specific to me, but when you're a kid, you like look up everybody's names, like what your parents' names mean, what your names
1: mean. I like it. I, I don't like know it why. Too. So I don't know if Bumblebee is actually mine. <laughs> I yeah. might be wrong. I like, be- mom and Dad, you pick. I actually disassociate from the name that I was called as a child Mm -hmm. because I didn't I don't feel like it was so that's why Ray yeah I use Ray which is actually my second name yeah right but it means wise protector and I associate to that and like picking out my kids names I associate to the meanings of all their names so I love I love meanings
0: beautiful I love that two of
1: my kids are angels and one of them's a prophet so I've got Angela which just means angel Yes. and I have Gabriel
0: oh that's beautiful I Mm. love that Well, do you know what the, um, so my, uh, my upbringing was very like new age. Uh, My father is, uh, quite a a prominent
1: psychic medium. Okay. So
0: that was my upbringing.
1: Interesting. Um, so the, I I think my dad's like that, but they call him a pastor.
0: <laughs> that, you know, nice? The same thing. Like. It's true, different names. I feel like similar gifting. <laughs> yes, totally. So it's interesting that um yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of I always thought that last name was interesting for him. Mm. You know, the Deandor's oh, an last name. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um but uh yeah, so basically I'm from Southwest Sydney mm-hmm. originally. Um I grew up. There I moved to the U.S. when I was 21.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty young to move to the U.S. What's, yeah. what's the catalyst for that?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, I. So I always think that my biggest strength and also greatest weakness is the same. I always think there's two sides in the same coin, okay. right?
1: Well, you can use it however you want. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> Light or dark, whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's true. Mine is has always been um, that I will – I just – I have no fear about anything, so I am just always exhilarated and excited and looking for experiences. I just want to, like, take a bite out of everything.
1: Um, Adrenaline junkie a little bit? Not necessarily
0: adrenaline. Like, I'm I'm not interested in, say, like, skydiving or bungee jumping or anything like that. Okay. But um, I really am just fascinated by uh, I guess a lot of it is motivated by like human connection. Yeah. So I really, I, when I was 20, I left home, um, and went overseas by myself and just backpacked for months and months on my own. Yeah. Um, which was really like an exercise in human kindness. I think I'm like a really optimistic person. I, you know, I just want to meet people, want to hear their stories, want to experience different facets of life, I suppose. Uh-huh. So I went and backpacked in the US and then while I was over there, I met people who were working in the music industry specifically, like in the country music industry over there and, um, and I sort of came from – my background's in punk music, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is surprisingly – there's a lot of crossover in terms of – punk music is really just country music but played loud with yelling. <laughs> and when you strip it back, okay, Yeah. <laughs> trust me.
1: I mean, I feel like you could say that about all genres. That's <laughs> probably
0: true. That's probably true. I noticed, though, that there's like a, a huge number of us who kind of started in punk and then were like, oh, actually – what I really wanted to do was like Americana music, yeah, right. And I just okay. didn't know that that was
1: yeah. the in so self-discovery yeah. awareness. It's totally. all it's all a part of the journey. <laughs> totally.
0: So yeah, I um I basically started in in punk bands, and then from there, sort of moved into like the folk punk scene, which is quite. Um, I didn't I know could. there was a folk punk scene. I, it's, I guess it's a, it's quite niche but in Sydney where I'm from, it's quite like there's a real community around that. Okay. So yeah, And then, cool. yeah, it was kind of the natural progression but while I was backpacking over there I heard uh, Justin Earl for the first time mm-hmm. on the radio and I remember just I was driving in the snow I'd just been broken up with and I was driving in the snow mm-hmm. um, out for like a day trip you know, um, in Getting Wisconsin. over being dumped, yeah.
1: That, yeah. It always works. If you yeah. get dumped, hit the road. That's, hit the road. Yeah. It's true,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I was, I remember driving and I was like crying and eating a banana and driving this rental car in the snow. I remember
1: this very the specific visuals. set of
0: things, <laughs> yeah. Um And then, yeah, he came on the radio, he was playing live, um, playing um, Harlem River Blues acoustic just like on this country radio station in the middle of Wisconsin. and. Oh. I remember just, like, stopping the car, like, mouthful above. I was like, what is this? You know, like, <laughs> this is the sound I've always wanted. So, mm. yeah, and then shortly after that I met friends who were working in the country industry who were touring with, uh, like, big country acts but more on, like, the crew side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, when I got back to Australia I kind of got to go along to be backstage at a bunch of those kinds of shows. The uh, Tadeshi Trucks Band was one of them at the Enmore Theatre Um and got to go around to a few different shows in Sydney and Melbourne with Little Feet who are like, you know, these, like the, the founders of some of these genres of music, which is really cool. Mm. And gradually over time, that kind of, yeah, that's how I ended up in, in music. It's a long roundabout story. So I don't know if you asked for that many details, but here no, we are. No, that's fine.
1: <laughs> so um, let's go back to. Let's go early. Yeah. Where did music actually start for you? When did you start playing and singing and knowing that music was something that you really wanted to get into?
0: It was – th- honestly, it was quite late for me. So I, I've i only been playing guitar for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up a guitar in 2017 for the first time. Wow. Um, and basically – I came from a family where, like, my dad was a huge music fan. So every Saturday he'd put on vinyls, you know, David Bowie, Iggy Pop, like Mm -hmm. more sort of in that genre of, you know, The Doors. Um, And he'd put on vinyls. He was a huge music fan. Mm -hmm. My sister was sort of actively pursuing a music career I would guess I would say from in her teens mm-hmm. um she's
1: older than you yes okay
0: so I was sort of the younger sister and I guess I always sort of had a bit of like that's my sister's thing yeah, you yeah,
1: know? yeah. don't want to do the same thing because then you'd be copying and then it would yes, never be yours yeah.
0: yes I get that are you a younger sibling
1: yes yeah, I have okay. three older siblings and two younger siblings I am a forgotten oh, right, middle sibling. Oh, not sibling I have massive middle child syndrome yeah, right,
0: Okay. but so you know exactly the fact that you were like oh yeah you don't want to do the thing that your older is doing because it's not your thing. Like that's spoken like a true
1: Yeah, language. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. And friends as well. It's like if friends are doing, like they want to be a singer, it's like we well, can't do that because otherwise like that's their that's thing. That's their thing. It's such a childish Thing to think because I just yes. like just because it's their thing doesn't mean it can't be your thing. And actually, if, if you've got young people listening today, doesn't mean you can't do it
0: one hundred percent. And I think also the older you get, the more you realise that that collaborative sense of community yes. is so much of what it's all about. Mm. Like, but yeah, I remember being like, no, no, that's that's Lana's thing. That's not mm. a thing I do. Um, and then once I started getting a little bit older, I guess I had this experience where you know I moved to the US. Um, after I'd backpacked, then I moved to the US. Um, and I had quite uh, a, a bad relationship over there. I would say mm-hmm. quite an abusive relationship on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically had to figure out how to leave. And so I did that and, um, you know, fled to Europe because um, it was Christmas. I couldn't afford to get home to Australia and... Aww. Um, my poor family back home must have just been terrified. My long-suffering mother, yeah. God love her, um, eventually, you know, she sort of figured out how to get me back home, but I definitely spent like a little bit of time sleeping on a train station bench in oh, Belgium. seriously? In the, in, oh in, my around gosh. Christmas in the snow. It was, it was brutal. Freezing. So, Yeah. Uh, but basically I, I think when I came home after that, I'd sort of been dabbling in bands just because I'd been a singer for a long time, mm-hmm. not really taking it seriously. My first job was a singing job, but I really didn't think of myself as a musician or an artist or anything like that. Okay. And when I came back from that experience, I'd always been really creative and I'd been fiddling around in these bands. I felt like I loved it, but also like I didn't really have anything to say yet, you know? And then after that experience, um, it took a a while to Mm. sort of get past the the trauma of the experience, enough to be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But once I sort of got to a point that I was ready to start processing it, uh, that's really where it began for me. I started writing songs. Yeah. And I, you know, felt like the thing that had been missing from my songwriting in bands earlier was that I didn't have – I didn't have a a message as silly as that sounds. I felt like I didn't have anything important to say. I could write a melody. Mm -hmm. I could sing. There was not, I didn't have substance yet. Um, And so this was sort of the missing piece, I guess. And I took those first couple of songs that I wrote to an open mic night to sort of trial them out before I show them to anyone. Yep, good um, idea. Yeah, and it ended up. Well, it ended up being a competition, though. I thought it was an open mic night. Oh, okay. But then Sometimes I ended I do that. <laughs> I know. Which I didn't know yet. I was yeah, sort yeah. of not in that scene at all. Um, and yeah, so but then I ended up winning that night, wow. and then yeah. went to do the next one and one recording time. Wow. Um, and so yeah, I had a an EP that I recorded. Years ago now, shortly after that happened, that I was very proud of but then yeah. ended up getting shelved because it was, like, politics and all these oh, things really? involved. Um, so this is now my first, like, musical release has basically been, this is, I'm on my third single now, Um yeah, wow. Yeah, so it's been a it's been a process it's been to get a here. Journey. Yeah.
1: yeah, seriously. And yeah. to go like it does feel like though that you had some angels pushing you in the right direction. Like totally. if you hadn't have won that random open mic that you didn't realise was a competition <laughs> and hadn't ended up in a studio, yes. maybe you know, you'd be somewhere completely different.
0: I completely agree with that. I I really feel like um especially once you have something, some struggle in your life. When you look back, even on the things that feel awful at the time or you're like, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. When you look back on them, the thread that connects every moment in your life is so clear, don't you think? Mm. It just becomes you can see the whole thing in the the bigger picture rather than the micro moments that are difficult. And I feel like it makes it now so that when I don't know if things are going that well or I I feel like, oh, God, what am I doing, I actually don't feel... Stressed about it anymore. Yeah. I've managed to, you know, like to go. Okay, well, you know, this always works out.
1: It always, it works always out. works yeah, out. Yeah, it always. Everything always works out exactly how it's meant to be. Totally. totally. Even when it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Like oh, that's just one. Yeah. I yeah. think I learned like not to have rigid plans. Yes. Um, and let things be adaptable. Completely. Which is is so hard when you're attaching emotional achievement or self worth and validation things like that to certain. Um, outcomes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me that was my yes. experience. It's like, okay, I need to detach my self worth from my projects so that it allows the projects to be what they're meant to be, however they end up, rather than feeling like I need to rigidly control absolutely everything.
0: Well said. Do you know what? I mean we talked just before we started recording very briefly, the mm. very first question I think I asked you was <laughs> <what>?
1: star signing?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Star signing. <laughs> it's the first thing <laughs> I ever Is it really? <laughs> just about, yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh,
1: are you a medium too? You can give me a rating. <laughs>
0: Sorry,
1: just start your, your father's giftings have been if passed been, on to you.
0: If they've come down to me. No,
1: I don't know. <laughs> not at this stage, I don't think.
0: Um, very intuition based. I'm very guided by intuition, but I don't me think too. I'm a medium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the Pisces thing is, is huge for that. Right. I mean, those are our lessons, aren't they? Adaptability, mm. creativity, you know, um, it, it, they're hard to, we get a real rap, I think, for being like airy-fairy or, you know, yeah. and I don't think that's true. I've never met a Pisces woman certainly who had, who was not a bit of a pit bull about yeah. their goals. Um, and I think that was a really, that's like a hard thing to yeah. let go being, you know, I want it to be this way. I want to do this. I have all these goals. I tend to micromanage, if anything. You I do feel like, uh, yeah, I've had to learn to just Is that the
1: Aries side of you? I actually don't have you would think I have a lot of Aries. I don't have any fire anywhere in here. I'm trying to work out what my husband is. He's <laughs> October the eighth. He's a Libra? Libra. What's yeah. that? Is
0: that fire? Libra's usually well balanced.
1: They usually air uh, he's very well balanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the balance to my complete mess. <laughs> yeah yeah that's hilarious okay never mind I'm just funny we're gonna get off track yeah and then I'm gonna run out of time okay that's all right take me back okay so let's come back to your music yeah you you didn't think you could do it but you obviously were very creative and it was obviously very drawn to it Mm -hmm. and then when you were processing your emotional stuff yeah you 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 went to songwriting yeah what was that process when you were songwriting and you were dealing with your emotional trauma let's say Mm um were you songwriting because you wanted to release and record and show the world your talents or were you recording because you just had something inside of you that you needed to process and this was a way that you found easy to express?
0: I think the honest answer is a combination of both. Okay. So I – that period of my life was very creative um, because when things are bad for me that's always where I go and I've never really thought about that, you know, but – Uh, For most of my life, honestly, I thought I'd become an illustrator. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of like drawing, painting, um, especially I I was diagnosed with OCD about six years ago and before Mm -hmm. I had that diagnosis and that was kind of under control, I'd go through these periods of extreme anxiety um, and that was always where I found solace was just in in making things. Mm -hmm. So I think on one hand I felt like, I had this really emotional approach of like I need to spit the poison out basically Mm -hmm. and writing music was a way to spit the poison out. Love it. Um, And on the other hand, I had this very pragmatic approach. I feel like this is absolutely who I am as a person, this very (laughs) emotional thing and then this very pragmatic approach where I felt like um, if I've had to go through this and be traumatised by this, and it's been horrible, Mm. all these years I've known there's been something missing from my writing. There's been something I've really wanted to tap into that I've struggled to be vulnerable with. Mm. And now this experience that I've had has given me this deep well of stuff to tap into and either Mm. I can be really hardened by it, which I don't want to do. I'm not a hard person. I'm not cynical. I don't want to go down that road. I can either be hardened by it and not share it with anybody and not spit the poison out. I can just keep this to myself. Or I can write some songs using a skill set that I already know I have that I can turn something that happened to me that was really crap into something that I think could be really beautiful and special that then I can also use for that human connection thing that I think most people who become songwriters, that's what none of us are like, I think I'll just pour all my feelings into music because I'm really like, well-adjusted and doing
1: well, you know,
0: like it's for most of us it's a release if you do that kind of songwriting, you know, Mm. and I think it was a bit of both that Mm. I felt like, well, heck, like if I had to to go through this, I'm at least going to turn it into something that I can be really proud of, you know. I love that. Yeah. I think uh, de-shaming the experience for myself perhaps, yeah. What do you mean by de-shaming the experience? I suppose when you go through something especially say like a domestic situation that's quite abusive
1: mm-hmm.
0: um this situation for me was very it was very verbally abusive, it was really emotionally abusive on abusive on a whole lot of levels that I won't necessarily go into, but okay. um I guess you come away from this experience. And when I left, I left and everyone knew I was going, right? And you think I'm going away, I've got this relationship, it's going to be this fairy tale, I'm moving countries, it's going to be beautiful. I left with all of these ideas and mm. expectations and what it, it really felt, I think there's a degree of time anybody treats you badly, there's a degree of shame, that comes with that. Yeah. Even when you know that you're not at fault. The shame for it. of
1: like I allowed this person to treat me this way. I or, suppose so. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess like victim blaming. You're victim blaming I yourself so, a little yes. bit. Yeah. I, I completely I think totally. that all women feel that. Yeah. Like, um Like with any sort of abuse or rape or like, you know, I mean the the Mm -hmm. stereotypical one I feel like everyone knows now because of some great videos on TikTok Mm -hmm. is like you're asking for abuse by the way you dress totally. or literally like you could be dressed like a nun, but you're wearing red lipstick. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so you're asking for abuse. And like we all, like when we say it out loud, it destigmatizes it and takes that shame away from it. Mm -hmm. And and also when it's out loud, there's like this logical part of us that goes, well, that's stupid. That's
0: stupid. That's stupid.
1: But when it's not said out loud and it's in your head Mm -hmm. and it festers and you've got no way of talking about it or getting it out of your head it's so real Mm -hmm. and like oh it was my fault for wearing red lipstick it could have been my fault for wearing red lipstick yeah you know what I mean like uh, which is when we say it out loud I'm like well that's silly that's ridiculous but that's what most mental health stuff is that's why talk therapy is so effective Mm -hmm. because we go to a therapist and we Say all this stuff that we think is just horrific out loud, and we're like, "Oh, it's really not a big deal." <laughs> it really deplores <dislaws laughs> it, doesn't it? it saying just, it out yeah. loud, it disarms
0: the experience. Disarms the experience. I like it. That
1: was very profound of
0: me. I never said that. <laughs> I've never said that. Disshame the trauma. shame the trauma. I like That's that. That's what it was for me, though. You know, I felt like, um, and obviously, you know, there are there's some amount of like you have to protect yourself after going through an experience like that where you choose mm. what you're going to talk about or not and whatever. Mm. But the overall experience of being like, no, this was not, this was something that was done to me, mm. not that I chose, not that I was responsible for, anything like that. Um I think, yeah, the and also knowing that you're going to come back and people see you back at home and be like, what happened there? And you go, oh, it just didn't work out. And yeah. there's actually all of this baggage that came with that. And mm. I think, yeah, I chose to start songwriting um, for that reason. And it was really cathartic. And, of course, then once I started playing those songs that were really emotional, they're the ones that people come up to afterwards and go, oh, I felt that, yeah. you know. And it, it just means that everybody wins i guess you know i
1: literally had that this morning i had coffee with a friend Mm. and she's been going through some bad mental health and she said one of your songs came on when i was having a really bad day and it really helped and she worked out which one it was and i should have guessed but as soon as she said it i was like oh yeah that's the song that i used to sing when i was suicidal yeah like yeah that was that was my last cry for help
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Before I was just going to give up because yep. I just couldn't, and I would go to the piano and I would play that song, and then that got released a couple of years ago, and she heard it. So, like, oh wow, and, and, to, and to be able to have a coffee with a friend and know that I was able to be there in a way that you could never be for someone because when most of the time when we're feeling that low, we don't pick up the phone and mm-hmm. call anyone. Oh, it was really nice. It's like makes it all worthwhile, that is so right? so special, isn't it? It's nice, yeah. I'm so, yeah. Talking about you, though. (laughs) No, I love that. Thank you for that. It is. It's that emotional connection, isn't it? Um, All right. So songwriting, have you done much co-writing? A little bit. I'm quite a – as a –
0: I pretty much uniformly write on my own, Mm -hmm. um, which is by, I guess, out of convenience more than by design. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember I went to the Academy of Country Music, uh, in 2019, I graduated. Oh,
1: right I before think was,
0: COVID. Yep. Yeah, I think it was Lynn, Lynn Botel was like, so you're quite a prolific writer. And I was like, am uh, I? I? What do you and compare it to? About it. Well, yeah, and then I thought about it and I was like, I guess so. I've never really thought about it. I'm from mm. southwest Sydney. All of my friends are, you know, the ones who are in music are in hardcore bands or punk mm. bands or... Um, I tend to move very quickly. I like to write fast, write usually in one
1: go. Mm, um, that's a really nice comparison though. Yeah. Do you know I applied yeah. for that 2019 one? I got rejected. Oh, so. Did you? Oh, we could have <laughs> met and been friends. I know. Well, it's meant to be. Uh, yeah, it happens when it happens. Look, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think to have that compliment from Lynn though, that's, that's really beautiful encouragement. Well, it's very
0: nice. I, it was the first time anyone has said that because I really had like – as but I she said, would no have a frame, frame of reference. reference. Yeah. She
1: would have had a frame of reference that you don't have. Yes. And yeah. so for it to come from someone like Lynn, mm-hmm. so beautiful and so encouraging.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then I thought, oh, my <laughs> prolific songwriter. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sort of interested in I'm keen to do more songwriting because I uh, more co-writing I should yeah. say. Um, it's something that I've been putting the call out a little bit more for.
1: I'm um, always doing the call out. What was that, sorry? I'm always doing the call-out. Oh, yes, yeah.
0: Mm. I I sort of thought I should tell people that I'm, you know, over the years I've, the last few years I've had people reach out and ask and at first I felt like I don't know if this is a muscle that I really have, Mm. I've strengthened enough for this to be worth your while. It is a muscle, yeah. Yeah, but then I thought, well, no, I mean I can can write a lot and, you know, I just feel like I have this, I have so many feelings. (laughs) There's enough feelings to go around.
1: I see. (laughs) Yes, totally.
0: My whole life is just like I'm just like happy crying or emotional crying or you know, there's lots of feelings. When people say, I'm
1: just curious for myself. When people say to you, I've got like writer's block or anything like that, can't relate in in the back. Yeah, can't relate. You're like, how did you even like how? How do we? I literally. Oh my
0: gosh! You know, one of um friends said to me the other day that she had writer's block. And I remember I was talking to my partner afterwards um and was like, I just I've been thinking about it since because I don't I don't get understand it. it. I yes. can't get it. <laughs> Maybe it's a Pisces thing. I really like talking to people who are also Pisces. I, you anyway. know what? I saw um, a, a comedian. Um oh my gosh, I'm having a complete blank on her name. Her first name's May. She's they're fantastic. But um basically I remember this this comedian recently was saying, like, I just have all these feelings and I just feel like they're just ready to like spray out of my orifices and like onto strangers at any moment. And I've never related to anything more in my life. Like,
1: yeah, so true. I,
0: I'm that person wow. that goes shopping and I end up like hugging someone and crying and we're just all it's it's very emotional <laughs> for me, every everything I do. Anyway, so I love backwards. this.
1: Yeah. Okay. So with, with co-writing. Yeah. From what you have learnt so far, Mm -hmm. what would you say your biggest lessons have been or biggest aha moments you've been for co-writing or or working on a song with someone else?
0: I think so because I know, because I'm very aware that I do everything on my own and as I said purely because I've never had a community around me so it's just you want it done, you just have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest thing, say, when I went to Academy and there was lots of co-writing or since then the biggest thing for me has been uh this is maybe going to sound really dumb but i think has been recognizing that uh letting either writing to somebody else's voice or letting their voice say what it needs their their voice as a creator as a songwriter mm. does not mean um that i'm betraying myself yeah which I feel, I think, I, I don't know if a lot of people struggle with that. I think that's probably a very specific aha uh-huh moment, a good, but yeah, recognizing that that say things that are being written, um, authenticity doesn't have to come from things being autobiographical.
1: No, not all the time. Yes, no. yeah. and
0: and most of everything I write is autobiographical.
1: Well, so you, write, you write from your experience. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that honestly has been a big one. When I went to Academy, I really, I was aware that because I'm used to doing everything on my own, I didn't want to command a group or a space or start trying to mould things to what I already do. You know, I'm here to experience what other people, what other people bring to the table and what their experiences are. Mm. And I feel like, yeah, when you're used to doing everything on your own, that's, a hard it's something you have to be conscious of you Mm. know I'm actually I'm really not a very type a personality I tend to be very like adaptable and relaxed but on in a creative space I feel like I just have a lot of ideas and I tend to just be like and this and this and this and this and making space consciously you know for um for the other people that are in the room and their experience has been a big (laughs) one yeah
1: <laughs> Hence the word collaboration. Collaboration. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. hearing
0: and going okay, well that that line for me is not my experience, but that's that's yeah. fine and like let's, you know, work on that
1: theme yeah. rather
0: than, you know, trying to yeah, relate to everything, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: (laughs) Being honest to yourself but also allowing space for other people. I like that.
0: Yes, to be honest to themselves as well I think Mm. is a big one. Yeah.
1: What about just as an artist, you know, fairly fresh actually recording Mm. and releasing music, what's been your biggest um, aha moments that you would give advice to say Say you were speaking to yourself before you release music? What would you say to yourself or advice to someone who's earlier on in their journey?
0: I think – the the big thing i suppose is similar to what you said earlier on about you didn't frame it quite as like managing your expectations but as separating your self-worth from what you're you're doing mm. um because i think especially oh wait there's that that's a big one i think that's a huge one is is recognizing that projects turn out how they turn out and Mm. they go where they go and that's right and that's where they're meant to go and Mm. you don't have to be tied to your ideas or your expectations or what you thought was going to happen or anything like that.
1: We all believe our first EP or album is going to like make us a superstar like Lady Gaga or something like that. (laughs) Yeah and that's and it's kind of like, I've, I kind of associate it to like that bridezilla type mentality of like, that's the best day of your totally. life. And yeah, that's interesting. You know, interesting. It's, it's, it's just something that everyone goes through. Yeah. Um. And then afterwards you're like, oh, I did it. <laughs> <You know>? yes, <laughs> and yeah. And then like you can kind of come back down to reality. But it's, I think it's almost, you have to go through that process because it's such a big thing to finally achieve, finally yes. release something. If you're creative and you're musical, you finally release something. Absolutely.
0: The, yeah. And the process of releasing is not easy. Yeah. I think um, something that this process, say with this this single that I've just released with My Sister's Blue Suitcase, um, I've been working with a really great team in Nashville. So they're based in Nashville in Australia, Dead Horse Branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got in touch with them for basically publicity and PR. Mm. Um, because so I've got now, you know, The team around me um, is like distribution. I've got a distribution team. I've got a PR team. Mm -hmm. I have myself and my partner co-produced this song. We have a a studio, a private space that we Mm -hmm. record in in Brisbane. Um, You're independent? Yes. Yep. And then I also have uh, a really wonderful, somebody who's become like a really close friend of mine named Jasmine Produces who is uh, like a visual person. So she did all of the... She did the music video and she's done the photo shoots and we have the same taste in oh, awesome. everything, which has been amazing. It's been super collaborative and really easy. Yeah. But I feel like, oh, and a, and a publishing.
1: I have a Pub- publisher you now You have a publisher? Well. Oh, nice. So, it's, so you have a publishing deal or you just got someone that helps you with your publishing?
0: I have a publishing deal I think if you're listening to this and you're like, you don't have a publishing deal. I don't know. Anyway, you, <laughs> I got, you got paid. Deal. Yes. You,
1: they, so they helped fund whatever you're doing and in, in exchange for some of your publishing, that's tends to be a deal. Yes. Yeah. So okay.
0: they are. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, so this is the thing, this is ridiculous, but I feel like what happens, and this is literally the point I was about to make. Okay. When you start recording music, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, they say that uh, success and overnight success is 10 years in the making. Mm. I don't, know if I think it's because it takes 10 years to learn how to write music necessarily or 10 years to build a following necessarily I really feel like it's 10 years in the making because it takes you 10 years to to learn how to release anything so that anyone will actually hear it
1: yeah
0: um and you I say build that the
1: relationships and the
0: trust everything you know you go all right I've I've learned how to write some songs. And they are like, fantastic, I'll record some songs. And you're like, oh, God, it costs a lot of money to record some songs. I've got to get a job so I can look, get some money to record the songs. You record the songs. You're like, oh, no, I need people to play on the songs. So you have to build relationships with musicians you trust who then you want to bring in. But you need to, especially if you're like me and you don't come from this that scene, the country music scene in my case, I didn't know yeah. any musicians. right? So you go, all right, I've learned to write the songs. I found some musicians, I've got the money to record, I found someone to record, then I need to find someone to master the stuff. So you're mm. like, okay, I find someone to master and then they send you things back and you go, well, I don't know what I'm even listening for. I don't know if I need changes made. I don't yeah. know what we're doing. And then from there you go, okay, I'm ready to release. But it's not, you're just screaming into the void in the world that we live in with technology if you don't have... Uh, you know, a, a publicist doing things. If you don't have someone distributing things, but you don't, you don't know what you need mm. until you've already experienced releasing without having it, and yeah. then you go, I don't understand
1: why nobody heard that song that it's I did. It's a learning experience, or, isn't it? Yeah. Yes.
0: And I think that's a huge part of it. My, my advice yeah. is study up on what you actually need
1: before you go <laughs> so you can be prepared. <laughs> I mean, the first time I released, I literally, it was just like a Spotify upload. Yeah. 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 yeah two days' time, that's fine. Like, yes. Yeah, me I'll too. I'll just share yeah. it on my, my Facebook page. That'll do my, it. My like do. 200 <laughs>
0: friends, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, me too. It's fine. Yeah.
1: Um, I think I lucked out though. I think my first one's my most street stream Spotify play oh that's awesome but so random and then yeah, I felt right. it because I yeah anyway it doesn't matter but that's so cool. <laughs> it's random isn't it though it's just you you just don't know and um I do think it is about having a plan and learning mm. as much as you can and I'm definitely a learn on the go yes like it sounds like you've had a lot of well learned experiences that is going to make your next yeah. one even better yes. and you know yeah. and then the word gets around as well. People talk, but that people talking does take time.
0: It does take time, doesn't it? Mm. The the having getting the word out there takes time. Mm. Can I ask for you if, as your first song being your most streamed, did that set up expectations for you that were?
1: I, we're not talking huge streaming, right, no, we're, okay. we're talking like 43,000 or I something mean, like that. But that's still massive, which that's I think a lot. is it's, well, it's pretty huge yeah. compared to all of my other songs. Um, no, I, I don't. I because I didn't know. I didn't have a. Comp- I think like we said right. before, no point of comparison. So obviously, it being the first one, I was like, eh, okay. is like, yeah. is that good? I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and now I'm like, well, You know, everything else is like, yeah. um, <laughs> that's, that's the way. There's it was just it was just timing. But for me, I wasn't releasing it in the sense of anything, I'm from country Victoria and the fires were happening. And I felt helpless and this was a song I wrote when I felt helpless and I was like, I just want to do something. Yes. And so I just released it and dedicated it to my friends and family, which is why chucking it up on Facebook and having having it to my friends and family and it was like I released it the week before... It became like an opportunistic thing. right So like a week later, Pink was donating money to the fires and the animals and people were doing concerts right. and and it became like an opportunistic thing. and then I felt icky about it.
0: So no, because oh
1: my goodness. well yeah I mean and it was I, I, I was like well, I did it first, but it was like it was a personal thing, this is my hometown where I grew up, and mm-hmm. my friends were fighting these fires and my family were packing up their homes, thinking they were going to lose their homes. And I was in Queensland going, what we, I actually went to an open mic on the day of release and I sang this song and I just cried through the whole thing yeah. because I didn't know if they were going to have our family home by the end of the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. so intense and I didn't realise it was going to become like that big world. Pink's yes. donating, there's billions of dollars being raised for fires and then, you know, all these big benefits and concerts mm-hmm. and stuff. and it became like within a week or two I felt like it had become like an opportunistic thing, like I was just releasing a song to take advantage of other people's suffering. And I didn't want to go out there and push it right? for that reason. It wasn't why I released it. It was – you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, I can understand
0: feeling that way. But also, you know, I think that it did so well, especially as your first thing, also means that people heard it and felt in that that it was an authentic thing because there was – Anytime there's tragedy, unfortunately, they become it becomes very commercialised, doesn't it? But that doesn't mean that
1: Well, we should take we should use everything in our life.
0: Yeah. Yes. Light or dark. Like you, know? you said earlier. Yeah. So
1: you said it <laughs> Yeah, I did. It's, um, I, yeah. Yeah. And that song does come from a very traumatic thing that happened to me in my life and mm-hmm. I felt like it was relevant and it was recorded and ready to go and I'd never released anything and I just thought, why not? Better never yeah. than never, right? Yeah. Um so I don't I don't regret it and I still love the song. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but if I was going to release it now, I would have done a music video and I would right. have given it a PR it's, campaign yes. and a six-week lead up for Spotify playlisting and yep. I could have had hundreds of thousands of listens yes. rather than my 43,000. <laughs> oh, yes. um, so you just yeah. don't know. And, yeah. like, I've even had advice from people saying, because there was quite a few songs that I released without anything, just chucked it up online mm-hmm. and did nothing. And some of those have done well mm-hmm. and I have had advice from people that you take it down for six weeks or whatever, you do a video, you re-release it to radio and you do a proper campaign and And with that campaign, when it goes back up on Spotify, you haven't lost your numbers anyway because it just remembers what yep. you had and you can do like a proper – and like I've, I'm still juggling that, like, mm-hmm. that advice. It's like should I put time and energy and money into actually giving a song that I've already released another chance mm-hmm. or do I put that time and energy into a new song? And it's yes. like yes. Yeah. As an independent artist, you have to make those decisions.
0: Yeah. Well, there's not an unlimited well is there of time <laughs> or money.
1: Yeah. Oh, I have unlimited wealth. <laughs> I'm going to manifest that into. Uh, yes, oh, no, you right.
0: I shouldn't have even say that out loud. Yeah. Every I have a a um a little like manifestation thing that I say to myself all the time yeah. and then I try to make my partner say it as well.
1: I think I manifest stuff all the time. I don't realise do I'm
0: doing it. Yes, me too. But the one that I specifically say, I'm like, I am open to and accept abundance
1: in my life. I haven't said that, but I'm, I'm going to say it right now. To. I am open and accepting of abundance in my life. Yes, there you go. You watch. I'm going to win the lottery tomorrow. Yeah,
0: me. there you go. And <laughs> then you'll be like, Lisa DeAngelis, the manifestation guru.
1: Great. I'm starting a record label. Yeah. Come join me. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, seriously, some of the things, it's like once you've manifested what you wanted in life, then it's like, oh, now what do I do?
0: <laughs> yeah, but you What's know, is amazing
1: though that you go, wow, that worked? There's well, you so know, many opportunities, just, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, if, that, if that's a wish that came true, what else could I wish for?
0: Yes, you know? <laughs> there's an endless amount of, I really believe there's just an endless amount of magic floating around just waiting to be
1: plucked out. You just of got the sky, to grab it. You know? yeah. All right, we're getting a bit wacko probably for most yeah, people, so- isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so this is a question that I like to ask everyone yeah. right at the end of the podcast. Yeah. If you could collaborate with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Um, it would
0: be... Uh, I have sort of two answers to this, one who's alive and one who is unfortunately no longer alive. It's okay. Um, the... One who is no longer alive is Justin Townsall. Um, the man who I mentioned earlier started it all for mm-hmm. me. Um, I think he really just threw open the doors to the next phase of my life, honestly. Um it inspired you. Yes, absolutely. I just, I heard what he was doing. It was raw. It was emotional. It was still catchy. It was all of the things that I love in music and the style that I, as somebody who did not grow up around country music, was just, it just hit me right in my soul, you know, Mm. Um, and because of that, he is my my number one. Uh, He passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Um, Right, I think probably right as I started... Releasing music. Hmm. So
1: that maybe I'd always reincarnated in your releasing music. my
0: releasing. I don't know. I'd always um, I, I yeah. wish.
1: That's such a random. I, thing uh, <laughs> I said that.
0: You're like, we're getting too wacko with yeah. stuff, And then you're like, but maybe Justin But I think um you know, he had always been that my hero was existing in the same time as I was, and yeah. so it wasn't like he was never off the table as somebody yeah. that in theory, I could work my way towards collaborating with, and then mm-hmm. him passing was obviously really awful on a number of levels, yeah, um but yeah, so Justin Townsville was my number one I think um my well he's my he's my no longer alive anyway, yeah. my other number one, my alive is Nick cave um okay. just musically, I feel like uh he. I just love everything he does. I love that it's a bit scary. When I first started making like Americana music. Yeah. So I'm like a Southern Gothic musician, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I remember having dinner with a girlfriend of mine who's a, like a musical theatre friend from back home. Yeah. And I said, I'm writing. She said, so what are you writing? And I said, I'm writing like scary country music okay. and she said "Well, that's what you want you know you want to be making music that scares you and I was like no not scares me like scares other people yeah like, yeah, yeah. like I'm know? shooting
1: everyone and there's yeah. zombies everywhere <laughs> and so. scary
0: everyone else and I feel like um uh, Nick Cave embodies so much of that of the things that I like okay you know yeah I have to venable. obviously
1: need to go and listen to more yeah It's
0: it's a bit scary if you feel like scary country music could be up your alley. Well, I'm not really into
1: scary movies, so this could be like a, you know, a good thing for me to try. Slowly
0: warming the water.
1: Yeah. I don't like things that make me jump, but um, I do like a good murder ballad. Yeah. Okay. Then you'll love Nick Cave. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to share? I know we haven't – I mean, you've shared your song. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there something else that you would like to share about your new release or have you got shows and things coming up or new songs coming up that you want people to know about?
0: Yeah. So I suppose at the moment I'm really focused on this specific campaign for Mm -hmm. My Sister's Blue Suitcase. Um, This song is really a long time coming – you asked me right at the beginning and then I just told you so many other things. I'm that's so sorry. Okay. But um, I feel like this song uh, is really about, you know, my parents separated when I was young, when I was 15, mm. really pivotal, difficult yeah. age and it was very messy. Um, and I feel like this song is, yeah, I, I called it earlier a love letter to my broken childhood home and I oh. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and about also... You know, uh, I lost my hearing. I went permanently deaf in one ear last year, uh, which was insane, just freak illness that took me about nine months to recover from and my hearing never came back. So this song had already been, I'd already written it about my OCD diagnosis, this generational thing that all the women in my family have fought that none of us knew we were fighting Mm. until I got the diagnosis and then suddenly it was like the, the lights
1: everyone was like, ah. Oh, my God, <laughs> we've all, how
0: long, how many generations back have we been affecting each other with this and mm. we didn't know, you know? My sister's blue suitcase That belonged to my mother My women all dressed from here yeah, pass one to another down the shaft in my heart The wind blows so cold Where the sands are my Father I feel I'm going on Cause I'm not like you yeah, I'm always in looking at So, I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah Whatever it in the generations been awesome. it's been mm-hmm. by the generation before us. So, you yep. know, how many things are seven generations back that are still manifesting now? Mm-hmm. And I think this was a big part of breaking that for me. Yeah. And then the last moment of breaking that that kind of cycle, I guess was losing my hearing because mm. the illness I got was called labyrinthitis. Mm. Um, and they don't really know very much about it and everything I've read about it online has turned out to be wrong from uh, my experience course, and everyone yeah. else
1: I've spoken to. I feel like every time I Google doctor or anything, I'm dying. Always wrong. Dying of cancer yes. every single time. Well, this <laughs> they
0: were like, it's a mild illness. It'll go away in two weeks. And so you're like, it's, oh, I'm going to be fine. But yeah. for some people it's lifelong and it's extreme mm, vertigo goodness. and nausea and hospital stays. And mm. So my grandmother actually has it. And my whole life and my mother's whole life, I think we all just thought she was being dramatic because Um, there's no literature on it, you know. And learning that actually this is a real thing and that there is you know obviously this genetic predisposition towards it and being able to take that to my mother and say it wasn't that she wanted to miss out on so much of our lives it's that she couldn't and then going to my grandmother and saying I'm so sorry no one believed you
1: yeah was just the worst isn't it when you're uh, suffering when you're in pain and people can't see it yes sometimes seeing is believing and to yeah. be growing
0: up, to be in Mental the health, that
1: explains everything. In yes, one. <laughs> yes. All mental health. People can't see it and so it's very hard for people to understand. To
0: understand. And especially in, you know, the 60s, the 70s, you're going there, you're saying all of these things, all of these things are wrong. I can't get out of bed some days. I've got vertigo that's really excruciating, all of these issues. Mm. And for them to be saying like, We don't think that's a real illness and even all these generations later for me to get diagnosed with this and there's still no treatment, no real way forward, to be able to go to all of those women who were affected in my direct line Mm. and say, I get it and it's Mm. happening to me and to my grandmother, you know, you're a rock star, that you've managed to go through, raise children, live a life, have grandchildren with... I was lucky enough to have medical intervention that was able to get on top of it, but she didn't. So she's yeah. just had this. Yep. It was very healing. And I wrote, I think I, I'd already written this song about the OCD diagnosis, about my broken family, about reconciling with, you know, yeah. reckoning with that, I guess. And then this was the last thing that once I gave this song to my partner to record and I had lost my hearing in one ear, I'm still permanently deaf in my yeah. left ear and that'll just be like that. Um and
1: to have pour your ear, ear, ear monitor in the other one. I do. I have
0: I've started using in ears <laughs> yeah, actually since to. because it's it's really you? hard.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah, and
0: being able to to give that to the love of my life and for us to work on it together and then for it to be the final missing piece in this story of healing for the women in my family so beautiful. is just
1: magic. I love yeah. that. And thank you so much for sharing. And thank you. Not only like the bravery and the courage to face that stuff, Mm -hmm. generational stuff, and that the vulnerability, but then the bravery as well to then share your story and share your findings. Like it's so vulnerable and it's scary. And you put yourself out there, you know, to be judged and people to hear it. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that more people hear it. Doesn't actually really matter how many people judge it, as long as there's people who hear it and they needed to hear it. Yes. It's gonna inspire. You know, you might be inspiring the next person who doesn't get to actually collaborate with you until, you know, whatever. Because I like, like, like that. Oh my you, God. you don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's if, true. he he wouldn't have known that you heard his music. at least when the you know, ins- in Australia was hanging right. out one day to Yeah. You have absolutely. no idea how many people you're inspiring with what you're doing. You've just got to believe that Universal take care of the rest gets, your angels will go. just push it on that's exactly so, yeah, right and i'm excited to share this with everyone and i'll put your links for your, all of your music into the blog on the website songwriters.com and it'll go on to anywhere people are listening to this podcast as well Beautiful. so thank you so much for coming in thank, thank you so much for having me and
0: also if anyone's listening um this I'm doing a little run of house shows uh, cool. through May and June um, we're, we've got the expressions of interest form up on my website if you'd like to host Fun. a house show try and make it as intimate as possible work around the touring obstacles that artists and punters are facing with you know housing costs and everything <laughs> so yeah jump on there if you're interested all you'd right love to play at your house brilliant
1: I'll put the website link yeah. up there thank you thank you, you. Thanks for joining our songwriter Tris today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. Yeah, support yeah, our guests.